0: Inshallah, we'll begin from ayah number 21. وَبَرَزُ And they will appear. لِلَّهِ for Allah, جَمِيعًا all together. بَرَزُ from ba And بَرَزَ is to appear in such a way that a person is not hidden anymore. Sometimes it happens that a group of people, they come out. But what happens, there are certain individuals amongst them who are hidden behind others. Or they hide behind certain objects, but barazu they will appear so that even in that massive crowd, not even a single person will remain hidden from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Barazu lillahi jamia for Allah altogether, each and every single human being will come out of his grave before Allah. He will not remain hidden. And why is it that he will appear? For hisab, for judgment. And now imagine, this entire crowd of mankind is present. فَقَالَ Duafa. So the du'afاء, meaning the weak ones, plural of ضعيف, they will say, they will speak up, they will address. Who will they speak to? لِلَّذِينَ To those who istakbaru. They were arrogant. The weak ones will say to those who are arrogant. What will they say to them? That inna indeed we Lakuna we used to be Lakum for you taban followers. Tabaran plural of Tabir. Tabir, a follower, one who is obedient to the other, follows his instructions. So we used to be your followers. When? When? In the world. In the life of this world. Fahal antum so are you able to mughnuuna anna wants to save us wants to prevent us min adabillahi from the punishment of allah min shay in anything today can you help us can you save us from the punishment of allah in the dunya we used to follow you we were so obedient to you everything you said we did so can you please help us today notice the two groups of people first the weak ones duafa and secondly the arrogant ones Who are the weak ones? Who are the ضعيف? Those who are weak in terms of their mind, in terms of aql. It doesn't mean that they were unable to think for themselves, but rather they did not use their mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them. And so they just blindly followed others. They obeyed their leaders without any question without using any reason. So Allah calls such people, He describes them as du'afa, Those who are weak. And استقبروا الذين istakbaru, Who are the arrogant ones? The leaders. Why does Allah call them arrogant? Why are they described as those who are proud? Because they're the ones who oppressed others because of the little power that they possessed and the worldly might they had, the money that they had, the supremacy that they had over others, because of that they oppressed them, they abused them, and in that pride, they forgot to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they forgot to obey Allah, they forgot to obey the messengers, and they opposed the messengers. So those who blindly followed them in this world, blindly obeyed them, They will look up to their leaders even on the Day of Judgment. See how small-minded a person becomes? when he becomes a slave to the creation that he thinks only the creation can help even in the times when he sees the weakness of the creation on the day of judgment everyone's weakness will be clear it will be seen it will be evident that no person can help another yet the slave minds what will they do they will go up to their leaders and they will say we used to follow you in the world can you please help us today can you please save us can you please save us from the punishment of Allah? They will say, Who? The leaders? Alladina stakbaru. Law hadana Allah. If Allah had guided us, kum. Surely we would have guided you as well. Meaning, we were misguided in the world and we misguided you. So today, our fate and your fate is the same. Both of us will suffer the same end. Meaning, we can't help you we were misguided we misguided you and today whatever our outcome is your outcome is going to be the same we can't help you we cannot help anyone it is the same for us ajazirna whether we show impatience am sabarna or we observe patience meaning nothing's going to change Jazirna am sabarna. Jazirna is from jaza, and jaza is to basically show impatience. How does a person show impatience? That he cannot tolerate the difficulty anymore. He cannot take the pain anymore. How does a person show that impatience? Okay, by screaming, by wailing, by complaining, by making a face, right? By showing that pain, that agony, on the face, through the words, expressing that. So. The people in hellfire, they will say it's the same whether we show impatience, whether we scream and cry and wail and fight and argue and complain, or Sabarna, we bear all of this punishment quietly without making any kind of complaint. It's the same. Malana mahis, there is not for us any escape. Mahis is from ha ya sad, which is to escape, to flee. And Mahis is a place where one escapes to. Meaning there's no going out of the hellfire for us. It's the same. Whether we scream or we don't, we're staying here forever. Now what do we see? That on the Day of Judgment, people are going to blame one another. Why is it that the followers are going up to their leaders? They're kind of blaming them. That look, we followed you, and this is why we ended up over here. Now, can you help us? It's like if a person you know, goes to a particular restaurant and eats something, and gets sick, okay, terribly sick, or gets burnt, okay, because of extremely hot liquid, then what do they do? They take them to court. We suffered this damage because of them. So they have to compensate us in some way. So we're suing them for $100,000, for example. Okay? And what does that restaurant, that company do? They're like, okay, you suffered this problem because of us, we will compensate you with this much money. But on the Day of Judgment, when the followers will go up to their leaders and they will say, Today we are suffering because of you. Can you help us? Can you compensate us? Can you take us out of the suffering? What will the leader say? No. We are in this with you. We shared, we were equal in sin. We sinned, you sinned. We wronged, you wronged. We told you to do wrong, you listened to us. And today, we are going to suffer the same punishment. We can't help you, you cannot help us. It's the same, whether we scream or we don't. Nothing is going to change our situation. So we see that on the Day of Judgment, no amount of wailing and crying and screaming and making a scene can help a person. It cannot. It cannot. Likewise, on the Day of Judgment, blaming other people, seeking help from them, even that cannot help us. What is it that can help us on the Day of Judgment? If Allah is pleased with us. If He is pleased, then a person is successful. And in order to please Allah, sometimes it happens that a person has to displease others. He has to use his mind and question what other people are telling him to do. Use his reason. And even though the oppressors may oppress, he has to remain firm on the truth. But this is something that will help him in the hereafter. And the shaytan will now speak. When? On the day of judgment. When the matter has been concluded. Which matter? The affair of the entire creation. Meaning, when everyone meets their fate, when everyone reaches their final destination, people of hell are in hell, people of Jannah are in Jannah. Now, Shaitan, he will speak up. And he will say, To who? To those who followed him, to those whom he brought with himself into hellfire. He will say, Inna Allah, indeed Allah wa'adakum. He promised you. Allah promised you something. What kind of promise was it? Wa'd al-haq, the promise of truth. Allah promised you the promise of truth. What was that promise? The promise of qiyamah, that there will be the day of judgment. There will be the day of jaza, the day of recompense. There will most definitely be recompense, where every person will meet the consequence of his deeds. Have we been promised this? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course. I mean, in the Qur'an, if there's one message that is very clear, what is that message? That there will be يوم الدين. There will be afterlife. If you think about it, when you open up the Qur'an, the first surah that you read, what is that? What is that? Surah Al-Fatiha. Right? And in Surah Al-Fatiha, what do we learn? Maliki يَوْمِ الدين. Master of the Day of Recompense. Recompense, meaning a person will meet the consequence of his deeds. You move on to the next surah, Surah Al Baqarah. What do we learn? That the Quran is a guidance for who? Those people who have taqwa. And who are those people who have taqwa? One of their qualities is. And in the hereafter, they believe with conviction, with certainty. So this is a promise that Allah has made us, that the day of judgment will most definitely come. Have no doubt about this. It is certain, it is real, for sure it is going to occur, it is going to take place. So shaitan will say on the day of judgment, look, Allah promised you something. wa وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ And I also promised you. Shaitan will say, I also made promises to you. What promises? That I would help you. Or that I convinced you that if you do wrong, you're not going to suffer. I promised you that there will be no afterlife. I promised you that when you will sin, you will enjoy, you will have fun, and everything will be okay. If you think about it, Adam and Hawa, when they were in Jannah, when they were in the garden, what happened? Shaytan came to them, وَقَاسَمَهُمَا And he swore oaths to them that I am sincere to you. He swore to them, that if you eat the fruit of this tree, then what will happen? You will become angels. You will remain here forever. And that there are no serious consequences of eating the fruit of the tree. Did He not promise them? He promised them. He promised them a good result for their sinning. He promised them no suffering even if they disobeyed Allah. And this is what shaitan does with every human being. وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ And I also promised you. فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ But I broke that promise. I betrayed you. I went against the promise that I made you. I didn't fulfill it. How? That as soon as a person disobeys Allah, shaitan goes away. At that time, he doesn't come to share the punishment, right? He doesn't come to take the responsibility. فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ I betrayed you. My promises were nothing but lies. Allah's promises were true, and my promises were pure deception, pure lies. But he clarifies: وَمَا كَانَ لي, But I did not have alaykum over you min sultanin any authority. Meaning, I didn't have any authority over you that I could force you to accept what I was telling you. That I could force you to believe in my promises. I didn't have any authority over you. Illa and That I invited you. I just called you. I just invited you to sin. fastajabtum li And you responded to me. You answered me. Instead of answering Allah, you answered me. Instead of believing in Allah's true promises, you believed in my false promises. You believed my lies, and you didn't believe Allah's true promises. so don't blame me. lam wau mim to blame someone. Don't blame me today. Walumu anfusakum, but rather blame yourselves. Blame yourselves. Why? because the decision to follow was yours the decision to sin was yours I couldn't force you I only suggested I only advised I only told you yes I told you many times I came to you many times repeatedly but I could only tell you I couldn't make you commit sin Walumu anfusakum. now what do we see over here That on the day of judgment, shaitan will speak the truth. Hmm? Right now, he lies to us. But on that day, he will speak the truth. What happens is that when we realize we are in trouble, we always try to look for ways out. right, So that we can escape the consequences of the wrong that we have done. One way is that we blame others. Okay. Another way is that we say, Oh, I completely forgot. Another is that, Oh, I didn't know. But what works really well is that when we blame others, whether it is a child or a friend or the fact that we were tired or the fact that we completely forgot or the fact that, you know, things weren't clear to us, we were unaware, we try to blame our circumstances our situation, the people around us for our own mistakes. And many times in this life, what do we do? A sin has happened and we say, shaitan. Yes, it was the shaitan. For sure, he is the one who suggested. He is the one who advised. But did he really force you? Did he really force you? No. You know, like in a situation where somebody is really irritating us, someone's really bothering us, and we lose our temper. We lose our temper. The decision to lose our temper is whose? Ours. No matter what the other person says to offend us, at the end, our tongue is in our control. The words we use are our decision. Nobody can tell us, say this and say this and say this. They can tell us all they want, but they cannot make us say those words. Can they? No. People can tell us all they want, but at the end when we do something, who is to blame? We are to blame. We are responsible. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the freedom of choice. The freedom of, you know, making our own decision. Nobody can coerce us. Yes, there can be a lot of peer pressure. There can be a lot of peer pressure. A lot of force coming from other people. But at the end of the day, they cannot force us. We have the strength of resistance. We can resist. Even if it is through something very, very small, but we can resist. We have the ability to show resistance. And it's a very, very strong force that Allah has blessed human beings with. And many times it happens that somebody is trying to tell you to do something, convince you to do something, but if you don't agree with it, you're not going to do it. But unfortunately, many times we use this strength in the wrong way, in the wrong place. When somebody is telling us to do something good, like for example, we're sleeping, and somebody is telling us, wake up, wake up, wake up. And the alarm is screaming at our head. Okay? The birds are also chirping outside. The lights are on. People are awake. Sometimes children are literally jumping on you. But if you've made up your mind, you want to sleep, you will resist. And it's amazing how people will resist. Sometimes for hours. You cannot get them to wake up. You cannot get them to come out of their beds. Why? Because they are resisting. But when somebody is telling us to do something wrong, what do we do? Immediately, yeah sure, why not? Yeah sure, why not? So shaitan, people will blame shaitan even on the day of judgment. You Iblis, you shaitan, because of you I am in trouble. You should suffer my punishment. Shaitan will say, لا تلوموني. don't blame me, blame yourself. I only told you, I only advised you. You at the end decided to disobey Allah. فَلَا تَلُومُونِي وَلُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Blame yourselves. مَا أَنَا بِمُصْرِخِكُمْ I am not at all one who can مُصْرِخِكُمْ call to your aid. وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُصْرِخِي And nor can you call to my aid. مُصْرِخ Who is مُصْرِخ? مُصْرِخ from the root letters Sadracha. صَرَخَ is to scream. To scream. When do you scream? When do you yell? Okay, when you're in pain. Why are you yelling in pain? Why? When you want the pain to stop, but does yelling stop the pain? When you want help. When you want help. This is like a natural thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made within us that as soon as we get hurt, we say, ouch, ow," we, You know, we scream or something so that other people, they find out that we are in pain and they need to come to our help. Okay? So musrikh musrikh is basically one who cries out in order to get help. In order to get help. Either for himself or to get help for somebody else. So shaitan will say on the Day of Judgment, you cannot scream out to get help for me, and I cannot scream out to get help for you. Meaning we cannot do anything to help each other. We cannot even call out you know, for any kind of help. Because no matter how much we scream today, we're not going to be responded. Because in hellfire, people can scream all they want. They will not be heard. Because hellfire will be filled with people and it will be closed shut it will be closed. So that the screams will not be heard outside. They will not be heard outside. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who knows exactly what's going on inside, He will not respond to the screams of the people of hell. Why? Because it's too late for them. They've lost all their chances. The time to call out to Allah was when? In the dunya. Allah kept calling them, kept inviting them. اُدْعُونِي astajib lakum. But people, they don't want to call out to Allah. They call out to one another. So, مَا أَنَا بِمُصْرِخِكُمْ وَمَا أَنْتُمْ And shaitan will say, إِنِّي kafartu, Indeed, I disbelieve. Meaning, I completely reject. Bima In that which أَشْرَكْتُمُونِ You all associated me. Min قَبْلُ Before. Associated me? Meaning, people associated shaitan as a partner of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? There are people who worship the devil, literally, but every sinful person, is he apparently worshipping the devil? Worshipping shaitan? No. So what does it mean by this? The thing is that when a person obeys shaytan in disobedience to Allah, this is a kind of shirk. What kind of shirk? Shirk, shirk in obedience. Because tawheed, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, requires that we worship Allah alone. And part of worship is obedience. Obedience is a form of worship. So when a person does not obey Allah, and instead he obeys others, Allah has given a command, and others are telling us to do something also. Now you have a choice. What do you do? Obey Allah or obey someone else? Okay? So in this situation, when a person chooses to obey others, then who is he worshipping? That other being. And obviously, all evil comes from who? Shaitan. So, Shaitan will basically say, I reject any kind of, you know, worship that you did of me. Meaning, I reject completely that I am Allah's partner. No, I am not Allah's partner at all. Yes, you obeyed me, but what am I going to do with that obedience? I don't care. You know, it's like when you obey someone, what do you expect? Some kind of benefit from them. This is why children are constantly running around to get those points. Right? When their mother tells them, do this, do this, do this. Like this morning it happened that my son, he wanted something, and he saw something that his sister had dropped on the floor. He picked it up and he said, Mom, I'm putting this back. It was like a hint. You know, I'm putting this back in its place so that I can get what I want. When we obey we expect some kind of, you know, reward. But shaitan will say on the day of judgment, any kind of obedience you showed me, I reject it. I don't care. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to reward you. I cannot reward you. What a big loss. On the day of judgment, who can reward? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can reward. So if we are not doing things for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not doing things the way He wants us to. Where are we going to seek reward from? Who can reward us? If a person commits a sin, he's obeying shaitan. And obeying someone in disobedience to Allah is like associating them you know, as a partner to Allah. So this is a kind of shit. So if a person sins, does he become kafir? Does he become mushrik? Okay. There were some people who actually said one time ago, and they're existent today also, who have this belief that if a person sins, especially a major sin, then he is no longer a Muslim. So these people said, all the sahaba, they committed this sin, this sin, this sin, so they're not Muslim. Na'udhu billah. And this is why sometimes they even go on cursing the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, This is a very dangerous, dangerous belief. The thing is that we understand that Iman is something that increases and it decreases. It is only natural for a person who is a human being, forgetful, emotional, okay, who has his highs and lows, that sometimes he will obey and there will be times when he disobeys. All right? But just because a person has disobeyed once, it doesn't mean that he will remain there forever. Yes, you have a dip, but then you also go high. And again, you have a dip and you go high. When a person obeys, his Iman increases. When he disobeys, yes, his Iman decreases. Okay? And this is why, as long as a person acknowledges in his heart, you know, with his tongue, with certainty, that Ashhadu Allah ilaha اللَّهُ wa Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, he believes in this with conviction, then even though a sin has been committed, that does not expel him from the folds of Islam. He is still a Muslim, he is still a believer. Yes, he has committed a sin for which he has to seek forgiveness, from which he has to do tawbah. Alright? But it doesn't mean that he has become a kafir. Now there are certain sins, okay, certain actions, like for example, major shirk that does expel a person from Islam for which he has to do tawbah, for which he has to accept Islam again. Okay? But there are, you can say, major shirk. And inshallah, the details of that you can find from any book on tawheed, on shirk, etc. So, yes, when a person sins, he is obeying shaitan, it's a kind of shirk, but it's a minor shirk. Okay? Minor shirk. It's not major shirk. But we see that on the Day of Judgment, any kind of obedience to shaitan, whether it was minor or major, will shaitan pay you? Will shaitan appreciate us? Oh, thank you so much for obeying me. Thank you so much for not praying properly. I have this reward for you and that reward for you. No. You know in salah, when we're praying salah, there are moments when we are distracted from the prayer. So we're standing in qiyam and we're thinking about the popsicle we had the other day and how good it was. Hmm? And for those five seconds you're thinking about that popsicle and then you're like, Astaghfirullah. And you go back to your prayer. Now those five seconds, what were they? What were they? They were basically the time that you spent away from Salah. Right? And what is this called? Aisha, once she asked the Prophet about this kind of distraction, right? That when a person is distracted from the prayer, and he said, This is that which shaitan steals from the prayer of the servant. And the word that was used for theft over there is a very interesting word it is basically when someone comes and takes what you have before your eyes but so quickly that you cannot get it back from them has it ever happened with you? you know you may be outside and you may have some food in your hands or you may have some food on the trunk of your car and a bird, a seagull especially comes quickly, grabs a sandwich and goes away you see that bird taking that sandwich away can you get it back? it's gone it's gone. So this is what shaitan does. When we're praying, when we're engaged in any kind of worship, he wants us to be distracted from it. And even those few moments that we're distracted, shaitan comes and takes you know, that reward. He steals it from us. He takes it away from us. Snatches it away from us. Why? So that we are deprived. But even though he takes it away from us on the Day of Judgment, will he reward us in any way? Not at all. He will not reward. He will completely reject. Indeed, the wrongdoers for them is a painful punishment. So we see, if you compare this ayah with the previous ayat that we have studied in Surah Ibrahim, keeping this ayah in the context of the Surah, on the one hand is the call of the prophets, the call of Allah, the call of this Quran. And even in our nafs, there is that voice that calls us to obey Allah. But on the other hand, there is the call of shaitan. There is the call to sin. There is the call of alladhina istakbaru At the end, the decision is ours. Who is it that we listen to? Who is it that we become weak before? But at the end, we cannot blame. That shaitan told me, these people told me, these people forced me. No. Allah gave you a sound mind, a sound body, the ability to make decisions for yourself. You had that freedom, you had that choice. Who did you willingly follow? You cannot blame others on the Day of Judgment. Each person will be responsible for his deeds on that day. وَأُدْخِلَ ladina آمَنُوا And those people who believe, they will be admitted. But just believe, <الصَّالِحَات> and they also performed righteous deeds. Even though shaitan was constantly calling them away from good deeds. But they still persisted. They still did it. Amilus <الصَّالِحَات> Such people will be admitted. Where? Into jannatin, Into gardens. تَجْرِ مِن تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Underneath which rivers flow. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. But how will they enter? رَبِّهِمْ By the permission of their Lord. No one can enter Jannah without the permission of Allah. If Allah allows someone, only then they can enter Jannah. And who is it that Allah will allow? Those whom He is pleased with. Who is He pleased with? Those who obey Him. Those who show, who prove with their actions in their lives that they prefer Allah over everyone else. Think about it. Who is it that you would be happy with? You as a human being, who is it that you would be happy with? Someone who obeys you or someone who disobeys you? Who obeys you? Even though it was very hard for them, it was very difficult for them, yet they followed the instructions, yet they obeyed the rules, yet they did what you asked of them, you'd be very happy with them. And when you're happy with them, only then you're going to reward them. You're not going to reward them just because they want that reward. No so if we as human beings do this come on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his jannah which is so precious so great so amazing will it be filled up with people who sometimes obey and you know who are mostly obedient to shaitan such people who feel no regret for disobeying allah who have no interest in pleasing allah yeah no jannah allah's masterpiece who will be admitted into it those who strive to please Allah. And yes, we are not perfect. We do good once and then we disobey three times because we are human beings. But at the end, the one who is striving constantly, his goal is to make Allah happy, who fears Allah, who loves Allah, then such a person will be admitted into Jannah. بِإِذْنِ to whom Their greeting fiha in it will be salam of peace. Their greeting will be of peace. What does it mean? That when they will enter Jannah, they will be greeted with peace. And we learned about this earlier in Surah al ra hmm? That, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ يَدْخُلُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ بَابِ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ And also the people of Jannah, they will greet one another with salam. And they will be greeted by Allah also. The King of the worlds, the King of the kings, even He will greet them with salam. Salamun Kaulam min Rabbir Rahim. Salam. A word of who? Rabbir Rahim, the Lord who is most merciful. In Surah Zumar Ayah seventy three also we learn Hatta Ida Jauha, wafutihat abuabuha, waqalalahum chazanatuha, salamun alaikum, tributum, fadukhuluha khaliden. When the gates of Jannah are opened, the people are brought, and as they're entering, the angels will greet them with peace. Welcome, welcome, salam alaikum. Peace be on you. Congratulations, you made it. And in Jannah, when people will go to meet their Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Ya ahla al-Jannah, salamun alaykum. O oh, people of paradise, peace be on you. Tahiyyatuhum fiha salam. Recitation of these verses, please.
1: وبرزوا لله جميعا فقال الضعفاء للذين استكبروا. فَقَالَ الْضُعْفَاءُ لِلَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا إِنَّا كُنَّا لَكُمْ تَبَعَنَ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُغْنُونٌ عَنَّا مِنْ عَذَابِ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ قالوا له دان الله له ديناكم سواء علينا أجزعنا أم صبرنا مالنا من فَلَا let us أَنفُسَكُمْ مَا أَنَا بِمُصْرِخِكُمْ وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُصْرِخِيَ كَفَرْتُ بِمَا أَشْرَكْتُمُونِ مِنْ انَّ الظَّالِمِينَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ وَأَدْخِلَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ, جنات تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ خالدين فيها باذن ربهم تحيتهم فيها سلام